And welcome to another episode of the Sartorial Geek Podcast by Webster Style, where we talk about bow ties, comic books, and everything in between. I'm your host, Webster Style, the man, the voice, the fragrance. Coming back one more time, of course, let's jump right into the download. Now, this download is one that's available for everyone, well, almost everyone, not on the Switch, unfortunately, which is pretty surprising for a free-to-play game. And the game that I'm highlighting this week is Roller Champions from Ubisoft. And you're going to find that on the Xbox Family Systems, the PlayStation Family Systems, and PC. So the best way to describe this game is that it is a a new take on Roller Derby. And I actually found it to be quite enjoyable. It was a little slow going with the tutorial at first. But being free to play, I definitely see how this game can grow and evolve over the course of time i really see it being one where once the player community really starts to find it and you're able to make friends find friends play with friends i think that could be a really good alternative sports title and that's one of the things we see nowadays with these alternative sports titles starting off maybe as a uh, you know a regular price game but then switching to free to play as in with knockout city that was published by ea in this case roller champions is going straight to free to play and i think that was a good choice i will be very interested to see how this game evolves over its seasons because it was a pretty interesting game to play for the time that i spent with it and it was fun a little slow going in my opinion even though i was going very very fast so to speak i didn't feel like it was going fast as far as a character and the gameplay was concerned so i'm pretty sure that's something i probably tweak as well uh if you watch the nrw checkpoint uh brian saff and i were talking about our experiences with this game and we both noticed the bugs that were associated with it but this is a the first version of a free-to-play game so there are bugs that are going to be you know seen and expected in this regard it's a game that's constantly evolving uh much like rocket league which is a game that came out many many moons ago now which has constantly refined its gameplay and styles and just what it offers a player based on this free-to-play model so i look for great things to come from ubisoft and roller champions but ubisoft you really have to put this game on the switch i think you're really missing out on a large majority of potential players uh, that will gladly pay what you're looking for in microtransactions going forward by not um, putting it on the slip on the switch excuse me you're getting or losing uh, uh, some money there so hopefully they'll rectify that faux pas in the near term but for right now it's just on playstation family systems xbox family systems and pc now there are a lot of short takes this week now one of my favorite Wachowski movies is one that is I would say universally panned but is one that bombed really hard and that is Speed Racer I think that is their second best movie after the original Matrix movie and I absolutely love and adore Speed Racer I think it is such such a wonderful adaptation of the original anime series how it's acted uh, the special effects i think that is very much an underrated gem of a movie 
But because of that, no one is one to touch that property in a while in Hollywood. And that's honestly, that's because they've just really bastardized any sort of anime adaptations when it comes to Hollywood blockbusters. Let us not forget Dragon Ball Evolution, ladies and gentlemen. But there's come word now that Apple TV and J.J. Abrams are joining forces to do a live action speed racer series which will obviously have no relation to the movie that was done by the Wachowskis I have to tell you I am very skeptical about this of course J.J. Abrams hasn't really well I guess he has done some TV but he's been very hit or miss for me in the past few years so I'll kind of take a backseat to see what happens if this actually comes to fruition which i don't know it may it may not apple's putting in a lot of money into their original tv content for apple tv so you never know this may be something that actually comes to pass but either way i'm sitting on a fence i'm gonna watch and see but i'm a little bit excited because speed race is one of those first animes that i cut my teeth on back when i was a child and as i said already i am a humongous fan of the uh, I believe it was 2008 or 2009 uh, movie of the same name by the Wachowski starring Emil Hirsch and John Goodman Susan Sarandon and a whole bunch of other people that you you know of nowadays so I'm definitely excited uh, to some degree to see what happens and how it progresses and when it ultimately comes out I might have to hey you know fork out a couple of dollars for Apple TV just see what it's like for a month so that's the first short take next up uh, we had Star Wars Celebration happen uh, I guess at the time of this recording about a week or so ago and we got a couple of pretty big trailers dropped first of all the first one was Andor and let me tell you that is one that I or a series once it was announced I wasn't uh, overly excited about uh, Rogue One is one of those Star Wars movies I've literally only watched once it was a really good Star Wars film and one of those movies that uh, really bucked a trend with what Disney did with Star Wars after the fact, and I think because it was set in that era that we all know and love when it comes to Star Wars. But it was just very well acted. It was very well just put together in general. And it had that old school feel, especially in how it connected with uh episode four a new hope it was it was something that it was universally and still is universally praised by star wars fan well and fans i should say andor is one of the main characters of that movie so this is a prequel story to him and i'll i've said it before i usually don't like prequels but the one thing star wars has done by setting it in that era between the prequels and the mainline films and then with the mandalorian boba fett setting it after return of the jedi these are all periods in time that we've wanted to see on the screen for quite some time so even though andor is the main character i'm more excited about this world about this world and how the rebellion really starts to gain strength i know we had a lot of that in the star wars rebel films and and so on and so forth not films but the uh, cartoons which i didn't watch uh, i've never been a big star wars cartoon fan uh, per se i'm always been more of a live action fair and to see these sort of events happen live action or something that i'm very much excited for so andor is coming out 
I feel like it's coming out later on this year, if I remember correctly. Uh, at the time of this recording, if the link is up for the reaction we did over New Nerds Rule the World, I'll put that in the show notes so you can actually see uh, my live reaction along with Brian Saf and Kuya P to this movie. Next up is a trailer that is not Star Wars related, but it is definitely Lucasfilm related. And this is actually a series when it was announced. I I just wasn't like, yay, we need more of this. Uh, and that is Willow. Willow is a uh, original fantasy movie directed by, if I remember correctly, Ron Howard for Lucasfilm. I think George Lucas wrote it, starring uh, Warwick Davis, a.k.a. Uh, Wicked and the Leprechaun fame, as well as Val Kilmer. And it was a an original fantasy sort of epic uh, and that was very prevalent during the 80s. And when I saw the trailer for this film, well, I should say this series, I just got in my feels. I don't know what it was. There was this, it wasn't a wave of nostalgia. It was just I felt the magic of this series. I felt like this is something that we are or we have definitely been missing when it comes to the fantasy genre. And one thing about the 80s, the 80s was notorious for the diversity in the fantasy movies that were produced during that time and i think now in the 2000s and 2010s and now the 2020s i don't feel as though we get those sort of feel good not any feel good so just basic fantasy movies everything's so dark and dreary and it has to be so adult and there's nothing that really appeals to the whole family in my opinion was this sword and sorcery type of fantasy and that's what i'm more so referring to so willow just it checked all the boxes i didn't know needed to be checked uh when i saw this trailer and warwick davis is aging magnificently um in, in that regard as well so i am really looking forward to this series this is definitely a series i'm going to be on the lookout for and i'm going to watch and probably talk about it on the show when it comes out so that's my take on willow next up now this isn't part of uh, star wars Day, but this is another disney effort which is dropping surprisingly enough directly onto disney plus and disney has been notorious for remaking its classic animated films into live action recently of course we've had beauty and the beast and the lion king and now they're taking on pinocchio with tom hanks playing the lead role or i guess the role of geppetto with obviously jimmy cricket and uh pinocchio being cg characters and so on and so forth it looks bright it looks colorful it looks kind of off in my opinion i don't know it's something about these trailers that just i know trailers don't really convey the exactly what a film is going to look like uh, CG and everything can be tweaked and changed once an actual film or series comes uh, to the public for consumption. So I'm I'm skeptical and and have I should not skeptical I should say I have high hopes that those sort of reservations I have will change. But it looks like a, a really good movie. I'm very interested to see how they do the donkey scene and the sort of horror that really is conveyed in that scene i remember seeing pinocchio when i was a child doing one of the re-releases and this i will say i was five or six years old i don't remember because i was still in elementary school that much i remember 
And I know that while it didn't scare me, I remember how horrific that scene was of the little boys turning into or being turned into donkeys. So I'm wondering if they'll play that more so for laughs and how they present it or if they will really try to implore that sort of horror aspect of it with the depiction if they even show it at all who knows what kind of changes they're going to make with that and i am waiting and i haven't really looked online but uh cynthia rebo is playing uh is it the fairy godmother or i forget what the character's name the fairy uh the blue fairy whatever her name is in this movie and of course you know we've we've had some backlash to with people getting up in their panties in a bunch with people of color playing roles that were historically any historically just are with played by or, or with features being caucasian i'm like these are made-up character people they could be puke green for all that matters it doesn't really matter who's playing the role it's just about the role and the character and the importance of the story get over it so that's my take on pinocchio and i believe that is dropping i want to say it's dropping sometime this summer i'm not sure i may have my dates wrong with that but it's dropping this year that much i know and then last but not least the CW. The CW has axed a whole bunch of their shows. Legends of Tomorrow is gone. I said good riddance. Dynasty, never watched it. Whole bunch charmed. All of the stuff that people like on that network is now gone. It's been canceled. I think the Flash is the only one that remains from the Arrowverse. And these fools have the nerve to make a show called Gotham Knights. Mind you, there's a game coming out called Gotham Knights. And it has, it has nothing to do with this show. So this show and this premise, Batman is dead and his son is now has to find out who killed him. And his son is joined by like the daughter of the Joker and other children of villains uh, from Batman's road gallery. But the son, his name is Tucker. Who the fuck is Tucker? Please, somebody explain to me who is this child, this teenager posing as Batman's son or Bruce Wayne's son named Tucker. Can somebody please tell me who in their right mind at the CW thought the show was a good idea, let alone enough to greenlight it and to put it to pilot and then order it from series? It looks like a washed down Riverdale or washed out Riverdale set in Gotham with characters nobody knows or cares about. What the fuck are they thinking? They really don't give a fuck about this network anymore. And clearly they're trying to sell it by putting this sort of garbage. And it's going to be garbage. Because no one in the community who's seen this, young or old, who saw this trailer say, Oh, this is going to be a good show. No, it's going to suck. I did not like Batwoman in any iteration. Batwoman was better than this drivel. And I'm saying that it's better than this bullshit that they put out. So CW, y'all can do better straight up y'all can do better let's go into a positive note let's talk about stranger things now at the time of this recording i have finished episodes one through five of stranger things season four part one and let me tell you and i'm not going to give any spoilers on this one because parts i'm not finished the season but two i just want to give my overall impressions of it I will have to tell you, I love the fact that the Duffer Brothers are so adept at capturing the 80s. And I don't just mean just it's a period piece where you have the cars and the clothing and the music. There is something so 80s about this. It, it This series looks like 
it could have been made in the 80s that's what it feels like and it's like someone who grew up in the 80s it feels like i'm watching the explorers or stand by me with a supernatural element to it and i love that so much uh, the cast is, is sort of weird because they've obviously shot up uh, because of the highest between seasons three and seasons four. So it's kind of weird at times uh, seeing the cast and how quickly they've grown up. But I'm enjoying it. Overall, I think this has been a strong season thus far. And I will definitely come back next week when I actually finish one through episodes one through seven to give my full assessment of this first part of season four so that's it let's a quick word from our sponsor which is me webster style do you know that we have a patreon yes sir yes we do you 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 lucky listener can become a patron or a producer of this show at three tiers for a very very low price of one three and five dollars respectively yes sir at tier one for one dollar you can be an associate producer with that you get your name or handle whatever you designate in the show notes of this show as well as on our ig post on all social media platforms i should say about this show so you will be advertised as a producer for this show on all posts related to the show and also on all social media platforms where it's located and you also get the episodes of this show a day early so usually these shows are publishing on saturday mornings so you would get it on friday and also you get exclusive retro content retro interviews and content from webster style magazine podcast that went from night to me 2011 to 2014 yes classic interviews with creators that i met all around the country yes so with tier two you get everything with tier one but then you also are just not just an associate producer you are a producer so you get all of that plus i actually speak and thank you personally on the show and in all videos as well as you get access to the sartorial sundays radio show the recordings of that and then for the five dollar tier you get all of that from tier one and tier two but you also get the exclusive off topic with webster style podcast and upcoming exclusive video content as well so again either one three or five dollars a month greatly appreciate any sort of patronage you have or if not just hey continue to listen and i thank you for that as well so with that we're going to take a break and then come back to talk about star trek strange new worlds and we're back from the break and that means we're going to space with the starship enterprise to boldly go where no man has gone before that's right ladies and gentlemen is trekking out where we are in this case talking about the latest episode of star trek strange new worlds spock amok now this is one that i say it's not so much the weakest one but it's a more light-hearted episode compared to the previous four uh there isn't a whole lot of drama or action or tension uh, there are not any sort of moral messages so to speak as we saw with episode one uh, it's very light-hearted just storytelling and it gives the characters involved a chance to really grow and develop their story. As you can imagine, with an episode entitled Spock Amok, Spock is the main focus of this overall story with the episode opening with him in a dream. And in this dream, he is in ritual combat for T'Pring. 
Now this isn't him against some other Vulcan. This is Spock's human half versus his Vulcan half. And I loved how this was done. One, it was it was literally accurate to a muck time. Actually loved that so much. From the props to the music. Oh my god, the music, the, the original music was used in this dream sequence. I loved it. I loved the fact it was such a visual representation of Spock's kind of duality of who he is and him always trying to reconcile between the two and embrace his humanity to some degree while still maintaining the tenets of logic by being Vulcan. Uh, and that's something that we saw throughout the character's life cycle when it was played by uh, Leonard Nimoy is just you know something that became a defining character part of the character uh, also i love the fact that how i talked about a muck time like this is such a nod to it also was such a harbinger of things to come uh, when a muck time happens i believe it's in the second season of uh, the original series it's just such an amazing way for me in my opinion to open the episode uh and to have it be such a nod to the original series, it really shows that the showrunners and those that are just crafting everything are taking great care to really make sure this feels like a part of what we know instead of something truly and utterly different. And I really love and appreciate that. Now, one of the things I necessarily didn't like, but just what kind of so so for me is the tried and true body swap sort of plot devices used in sci-fi and horror in this case you had a body swap between spock and supreme so they get to live each other's lives and of course when these things happen when you think oh it's fine we would just spend the evening together oh it doesn't work right and we can't switch back nothing's gonna happen of course spock gets called to be a diplomat and to has to go and do her job in finding this criminal and bring him back to the ways of logic. So, of course, Spock and T'Pring's body had to go and do that. And then T'Pring and Spock's body had to go and be a diplomat. So it was interesting to see those dynamics. Uh, one of the things I did enjoy, and again, this is, I keep talking about Anson Mount as Christopher Pike. They really give him good moments to shine and to show how good of a captain he is. But more importantly, how he stands apart from Kirk. Because we know Kirk in as the captain of the Enterprise and that defining role in that character and how it solidified what the Enterprise was to all of us. And even though, yes, we saw uh, Pike in Discovery, this is his own show, his own series. And the fact that he continues to show how much of a different captain he is is really amazing to me. And then also with the whole other half of that plot device with Spock and Tupring's body, you actually have more seeds sown for that tension between Spock and Nurse Chapel. So I absolutely love that and how that is done. And also with the other side story with Una and Nunu Soon and with them sort of showing the uh, others in the ship that they can have fun too in completing this uh, enterprise bingo game i really enjoyed that it's, it's very lighthearted, but it's very fun and all characters involved 
really get a chance to shine uh, it may be a filler as far as my feeling but it's a damn good filler and the show continues to excel and knock it out of the park with every episode if you are not watching Star Trek Trains New Worlds you should really do so you're going to thank me now with the sartorial slice I thought of something this is a question that I have gotten asked on many occasions by just uh, men and ladies when it comes to fragrances how do you start your fragrance collection what should you look for i always say find out what you like uh, a lot of that goes to maybe just going to your local auto or wherever else and or perfumery and just sampling things see what you like uh getting samples to see how they work on your body and once you find some things this is what i would recommend first and foremost you should build your collection probably one or two ways Build a collection by getting a few fragrances that you can wear uh, all year round or things that you can utilize multiple seasons. Uh, that way, you're not buying you know, bottles upon bottles of fragrances uh, and just to kind of have one for every season because you want to have versatility in your collection. And then two, I would suggest, especially if you're starting off, don't just blow your wad buying fragrances. I love a lot of inexpensive fragrances that work well and smell like they are 10 to so three to four times more expensive than what they are. So I always say, one, don't break the bank. As you start this journey, then you venture out more to find things you like and maybe spend a little bit of money for higher quality, something specifically that you want to get into try to have a collection that gives you versatility but also allows you to have fragrances all year round i would suggest possibly uh, sticking with or starting with a particular house and getting fragrances from that house like for instance if uh, say english laundry english laundry makes a variety of fragrances where you can get them for relatively low costs and also many of them function well in the spring and summer and the winter and the fall and also you have different ones for different occasions like for instance if i was going there i would tell someone to start with signature oxford blue london and possibly notting hill because notting hill i really love that when i get great responses so you literally have fragrances that cover you through all seasons you have fragrances that uh, even if you buy them retail discounted retail you spend maybe 50 bucks for a bottle uh, for them they last long and they smell great so that's what i would do as far as if i was telling someone to you know how to start their fragrance collection you know definitely maybe stick with one house first and don't spend too much money uh, starting off because you never know you may not like it uh, definitely sample things if you can beforehand to find out what you like to figure out what you want to smell like because fragrances are very intimate uh, in that one fragrance may smell one way on me it may smell another way on someone else so it's very much divine about who you are or defined by who you are and you know what your body chemistry like and also your personality as well as far as what you want to smell like and what sort of fragrance or odor you want to give off to the rest of the world so that's my take on fragrances and how you should start your fragrance collections if you have any questions man just hit me up on social media or email me at info at webster style magazine Com. Now that leads us into the fragrance of the week. Now this one is French Cuffs 
by Pink Mahogany. And this one is going to be an EDP, an extract de parfum. A 50 ml bottle is going to run you at the current time of this recording $143.25. With this one, you have top notes of Lemon Rabina, heart notes of Juniper and Fleur Elegantes, and then base notes of Charcoal, Sweet Smoke, and Cedar. This fragrance is billed as one that is designed for the gentleman who fancies Francis' upscale nightlife on a cool evening. It's smoky, woody, and resinous, and that sounds right up my alley. It sounds like a really great evening scent, uh, especially with that brightness of the lemon rubina. And then you have that sort of sweet floral notes in the, the heart, and it seems like the real masterpiece of this fragrance is going to be that base of charcoal sweet smoke and cedar and one of the things about pink mahogany their fragrances are absolutely top notch i love smaller houses and the sort of care and quality they can put into crafting each and every fragrance in each and every bottle and this is something you definitely see uh, with pink mahogany so it's definitely well worth the price of 124 it's gonna be 142.25 for a 50 ml bottle uh just one of those things that's it's gonna last you a long time because you're not gonna have a lot of sprays with this one and it's a small business so i always love supporting small independent fragrance houses and that takes me to what i am wearing today and what i am wearing today is crimson night by english laundry i'm at cambridge night by english laundry i always want to say crimson because the bottle is just beautiful crimson red so with this one you can find top notes of grapefruit black currant musk lily and marine notes heart notes of jasmine bay leaf and gaiac wood and then base notes of cedar oak moss and patchouli and this is one of my favorites from the house uh, it's a bit heavy but i love it for the summer i love how the marine notes pop in the summertime in the heat and just the way emanates off of my skin in the weather i've gotten so many compliments on this one in the heat it is unbelievable and this is one that you can wear all year round because it's just that musk really performs well um into in the winter and then with the base of the cedar oak moss and the patchouli it's just it's it's so so good i really love this one and i was seeing online you can find this one for in some places for about 12 bucks and this is an edp concentration so uh definitely one that if you're looking to start your fragrance collection you will definitely enjoy it speaking of fragrance of course we have to talk about our sponsor pete and pedro and their amazing line of designer inspired fragrances five in all including fragrances inspired by such heavy hitters as tom ford's fucking fabulous creed's green irish tweed creed aventus and aqua de joe and you can use the discount code ehawks10 or the link in the show notes to get 10% off your first purchase now these fragrances only run you $49 for a 50 ml bottle and that's an EDP concentration so even at that price they're still but then you get an extra 10% off why not try it out let them know that Webster Style sent you and as we come to the end of another episode of the Satorian Geek Podcast I want to remind you to check me out along with my man Brian Saff over at Nerds Rule the World YouTube channel for our weekly video game show the NRW Checkpoint where we talk about topical game news as well as a rundown of all of the week's newest game releases for Xbox 
PlayStation, Nintendo, PC, and sometimes even mobile. But of course, outside of that, you can always find me on the social media uh, pipeline. Find me on Instagram at Webster Style or at Sartorian Geek. Find me on Twitter at Webster Style. And of course, find me on TikTok at underscore Webster Style. Email me your comments, criticisms, questions, show ideas, fragrances that you love at info at WebsterStyleMagazine.com. And of course, anything and everything that is Webster Style can be found at WebsterStyle.com. Thank you again for rolling with me for another episode. Remember, stay safe out there and be blessed. Tuesday had to be bow tie Thursday. Had to be white Wednesday. Uh, I don't. Well, I know last time. Well, I wore polka dot. You didn't. Wear, oh, I miss million them heels killing them, but I'm sure it's a Thursday. Bow tie Thursday. Pasta cream in your heels looking sharp. They acting like you don't know the rules up in the workplace. Must I remind you it was till on your birthday? Don't get me wrong, I think we killed in the birthdays. And you picked the hell of fit for the church day. Let's say you picked the risk game for it. Killing. Now you got the floor filled with bras that you purchase. Pick a color scheme that can match your very corset.